At that time, Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, went up on the mountain and sat down there. Great crowds came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the deformed, the mute, and many others. They placed them at his feet and he cured them. The crowds were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the deformed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind able to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Jesus summoned his disciples and said, My heart is moved with pity for the crowd, for they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, for fear that they may collapse on the way. The disciples said to him, Where could we ever get enough bread in this deserted place to satisfy such a crowd? Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? Seven, they replied, and a few fish. He ordered the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and gave thanks, broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples, who in turn gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied. They picked up the fragments left over, seven baskets full. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Nicholas is among the first of the saints to be venerated within the church who is not a martyr. Prior, really, I mean, there was a few examples, obviously, our Blessed Mother and St. John the Evangelist, but far and away, the saints venerated early in the church were those who suffered the ultimate form of sacrifice and martyrdom. And St. Nicholas becomes one of the prime examples of among the first of the saints to be venerated in his life and having not died a martyr's death. And really two things stand out within his life. First, we see him to become one of the primary defenders of Christ's divinity at the Council of Nicaea. He becomes one of them to bat, one of the first to battle and primary defenders of, against Arianism, which declared that Jesus was kind of this manifestation of God's ultimate love, but was just human. Somebody who was kind of raised up, proved himself good, and then God kind of chose him to be the Messiah. And ultimately, St. Nicholas stood against this, acknowledging the reality that we acknowledge during this Advent season as we approach Christmas, that God became one of us. And of course, this truth of God became one of us. He gave himself totally to us, then also identifies perhaps the part of St. Nicholas's life that we have become most familiar with in our own practice, his charity. And the story of him providing gold for two or three sisters, I forget the number of sisters, so that they could ultimately get married. His charity, which is why we have stockings, or if you're more of the German school, stuffed shoes with goodies is to identify with St. Nicholas's well-known, well-documented charity towards those around him. And it is in these two things that we see God's love most fully manifested. First is the defense of Christ's divinity. Shows us that God wants to be united with us. He wants to give himself entirely for our sakes. And then St. Nicholas takes that into himself. He doesn't merely acknowledge the reality of God becoming man but instead he tries to acknowledge it within his own heart by exemplifying God's charity in his own behavior, 
in his own person. And this becomes for us also the challenge, that we need to acknowledge the truths of the faith, but then those truths need to begin to transform our heart, which then needs to begin to transform our action, our behavior, our way of approaching and looking at the world. And in doing so, we take into ourselves the spirit of St. Nicholas, the first saint who did not suffer as a martyr's death, but nonetheless identified himself with the sufferings and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ.